Whether I make you have steam or not, I'm still gonna keep training. I have to conquer readers every day. Because it's always there. We all want the same thing. If you could change any of your hardships that you faced in the past, would you change it? For this episode, I sat down with Eli, a dedicated runner and an engineering student at the University of Florida. Throughout the episode, we discussed meditation, the power of gratitude, Eli's journey through running, and actionable advice you can implement into your life to improve your discipline. Welcome to the third episode of the Longevity Podcast. I'm sure you enjoy listening. I remember you told me last time that you had started meditating and journaling. Oh, yeah. Or is it only meditation you had started? I started journaling and I didn't. <laughs> I'm not consistent with it. And you fell off. Yeah, but I do meditate every day and okay. I, I write. I do write every day. I okay. just am not journaling. I'm you like, started meditating every day how long ago? Like right after our last. Right after our so last. Probably. Oh, man, when was that? That was like two maybe, weeks maybe ago. Maybe right? doing, I would say I've probably been doing it consistently for a week and a half. But it's something I'm like gonna always do now because it i feel like it's helped me a lot actually so why did you start in the first place because you said it could, it could help me out <laughs> and i was like you know what i'll try anything to you feel to, to feel better so like, how have you been meditating so i i do it in a i think it's personal to everyone and i i like asked you i was like how do you do it and uh, but i think it's really like whatever you want it to be so i just sit i try to do it twice a day Originally, I just did it 10 minutes once, but I think it's better for me at least to do it twice for five minutes. I do it after I run in the morning and then I do it before I go to bed. So I just sit for five minutes and I do like box breathing. And okay. whenever I breathe in, I like say something. I'm, I think about something I'm thankful for mm. or I like say like a prayer for someone yeah. or something like that. So every like five seconds of holding it on the in breath, I either think of it's usually something I'm thankful for. But if I have something where I'm, I like feel like I need to send someone good energy, then I do that as well. Which and I and honestly, I feel like it makes me a lot more. First of all, I like whenever I'm anxious, it helps me calm down. But it also helps me realize, even when things are bad, like my life is really good. I'm mm-hmm. very like fortunate overall. Yeah, I think yeah, I definitely think it's a it keeps me grounded. It's a positive thing in my life. What would you say is the best thing you've taken away from this one week and a half of meditation? Probably just just like a mindfulness of all the good things that I, or how blessed I am in general. It gives me time to just really remember how like lucky I am just, and not just for what's currently in my life, but what's happened in my life. Like yeah. I've been through a lot, but it's never something I'm like, I don't like, I don't know. I'm grateful that I've been through a lot because everything, and I feel like it just gives me some time to be like, okay, like all of this helped me be the person I am today. And all these people helped me be the person I am today. And look at all these like things I have in my life that are I'm so lucky to have. And it could be like something as simple as like air conditioner. Yes. Or it could be something as complex as my mother and her sacrifice to make me the person I am today and help my family the way she has. I just think 
it's good to be mindful of that. And the time every day thinking about it, I think is just so important to make me so, like a more positive person and a happier person. I think a lot of people don't recognize that because there are a lot of luxuries that other people in different places of the world get to experience, but they don't necessarily see those as luxuries because it's normal for well, them to have clean water, clean water, clean Lucky food, we are good for, food, for that. grocery stores, and unlimited you know. water. We just keep it yes. on. But hearing you say that definitely is a light for me to see that other people do recognize the good things that are in their life despite mm -hmm. everything wrong or everything hard that happened in the past yeah so if you could change any of your hardships that you face in the past would you change it no i wouldn't change a thing why because it's the reason i am who i am now and everything i know it's like a silly saying but everything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger and it's true i don't know it's just opened my it's opened my eyes to just like how fortunate i am and I think I'm such a determined person because of everything I've been through. I don't know. I just, if something would change and it would make me not as kind or not as determined, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't want that. I don't know. Would you make it harder for yourself in the past? No. no. <laughs> I'm thankful. I, can't, I don't know. I think there's some, like, when I was growing up, I really struggled with my mental health. And I think if things were much worse, like, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It would have broken you. Yeah, yeah, because there are some moments where I did feel broken, but I'm lucky that I have such a great support system, and I always have, that I never did anything rash. Mm. What's your craft? What do you do most of the time? We oh. both already know this answer, but I just oh, wanted yeah. you to right. actually say it I'm for a runner. If you were to describe yourself to someone in terms of your craft in one sentence, how would you do it? What would you say? Ooh. I would probably just say discipline, because I do believe... We've talked about this, but I do believe like discipline and actually everyone who has ever talked to me about running has mm -hmm. probably talked to me about this. I believe discipline is the most important thing in anything you do because mm -hmm. motivation comes and goes, but discipline is like an everyday thing. What about in a sentence? In a sentence? Yes. Well, if you were to describe you in terms of your craft in one sentence, oh, I, Eli. Oh... Oh, man, I would probably just say, I, Eli, have a strong resolve <laughs> when it comes to running. Because <laughs> I've been shot down a lot, and not just by like people, like by myself or by bad races. It's only made me train harder. So when did you first start running? What inspired Ooh, you to start running? This is a whole thing. Uh, so I was a basketball player in high school, and I was not that good. <laughs> I was, hey, bro, I was an all-pro bench basketball player. Oh, I was a really good cheerleader. Mm. Man, nobody, nobody dapped up their teammates like I did. Oh, my God. Nobody yelled defense like me. So I was a basketball player. But I did not make the basketball team my sophomore year because okay. my coach left. And honestly, it was a blessing in disguise, although I was really upset about it at the time because, like, basketball is my – it still is. I love basketball. I don't watch any sport but basketball. So I don't even watch track. But anyways, sophomore year, I didn't make the team. And also in preseason workouts, we hit the track like once and we did a mile time trial and mm -hmm. I ran 545 or something and I never ran before. I just, wow. What was your physique? Were you nah, the same as now? I like probably weigh the same too. Okay. Sophomore how year much, was like, how much was to, that? How much sophomore year, I was probably like 
145. I'm like okay. still about, I can maybe, I might be like 147 now. But that's when I started like preseason basketball, sophomore year is like when I really started lifting. So I put on 10 pounds and okay. I'm still, I'm like, I probably have more muscle now, but I'm the same weight. So yeah, uh, the cross country coach saw me and he was like, you should come out run cross country and i was like yeah no way <laughs> no way i'm about to run for fun <laughs> but i ended up going out for track sophomore year and i only did like th- maybe two or three meets because it was covid year yes but it was just such an, a, a wonderful environment and i realized i was just first of all I was way better at it we had a really good team my sophomore year yeah. a bunch of older guys that i'm really thankful for to this day yeah. and i was probably like the fourth best on the team but i was pretty even with second and third at least in track okay <laughs> what was it you said the environment was very positive yeah what, yeah what was uh, it like it's just very uplifting like in basketball it was very toxic because you're always like trying to step on someone to get more minutes time. or to, yeah to get playing time track was just like i feel like everyone just wanted to see everyone succeed and my teammates were just like they believed in me like i had never been believed in before and these guys there was this kid on my team named kaden jones one of the biggest influences of my life, honestly. But he was great, like the best runner mostly had ever seen, which is my high school. And I remember the second and third guys, their name is Ivan and Mark, and they told me that I could be just as good as him. And I just started running. I was like, <laughs> man, you guys are idiots. There's no way. <laughs> but uh, that belief, I it really, I really, it stuck with me. And I, I realized, okay, if they believe in me, like, I don't think I can, but maybe I can. So I'll try. Yeah, and uh, junior year is when I actually started running over summer between sophomore and junior year I didn't do anything so Um, what was it in between that time that actually sparked you was it the fact that you wanted to just be around other runners on the track I just went out for cross country junior year and that's when I was like okay I'm not a basketball player anymore like I'm gonna do this now and I committed to it but I will say junior year cross country I was really bad like I only ran like 1842 in the 5k gotcha which is not good but I got to track season and I we got a new coach for my junior year of track season. Her name was or her name is Tyra, Tyra Williams and uh, Tony Williams as well. And they were like probably some of the biggest influences on my life to this day. Like they're the reason I'm at UF. <laughs> they just put so much belief into me and I was like I guess I was just like wow, maybe I can be maybe I can be good. They believed in me so much just from the jump, like when I first met them, they saw my drive and they knew I wanted, like I was about it. And after my junior year, like we had, I had had a talk with my coach Tyra and uh, basically I was like, okay, I want to, I want to be really good at this. Like I want to run in college. And she made a whole training plan for me over summer for free, by the way. Like she put so much into me. What did that training plan look like? Basically it's honestly like in hindsight, it was a pretty hard training plan. We did three workouts, three speed days a week, mm-hmm. and we worked up to 60 miles a week. Before, I'd only done 25 miles a week, maybe 20. So it was a big jump. And also, she had me in the weight room a lot, probably like three hours a week. So you're putting on mass and then running 60 miles a week. Oh, yeah. But it was a slow build up to 60. What were your training regimens looking like? When you were in the weight room, what muscles oh, were you trying so to target? She was a jumper in college yeah. and she was just fresh out of college and she was a sprinter and jumper so i was doing a lot of sprint uh drills and a lot of sprint lifts so, so she was calf, really thighs. good yeah she had great uh workouts but we would basically do full body i'd have two sessions a week and they'd be about an hour and a half and we it would be really extensive pretty much full body workout but we do plyometrics we do some core work we do yeah. upper body mm-hmm. but it was a lot of supersets okay and a lot of like explosive movement which i, I think see. is so important. Yeah. I'm so glad she got me in the weight room because 
without the weight room, I don't think I could be the runner I am right now. Because just being in the weight room allows you to, it, it keeps you so healthy. When mm-hmm. you can handle that, the grind of the weight room, like it really helps you be able to handle the grind of runs. Just, it, and like, it's hard to run 90 miles a week. <laughs> so what did the rest of the time look like with you starting running? Well, we went in cross country college. my senior year. I ran pretty, I ran a lot better. I ran 1639. Still pretty, still not very good. For 5K, good. right? So, yeah, still not very good. You ran from 18 what? 1842. 1842 to 1639. Yeah, it's a good jump. Bigger jump happened. Then I started really like holding some good mileage. Like I held 60 for two or three months. And in track season, that's where it was like, okay, I really need to make a collegiate team. I have to show that I'm like good enough. I started the season running like 437 in the mile. And even halfway through the season, I think I was only like at 433. I didn't even make the state invitationals for the mile which is like crazy to think about. And then by state, I was running 419. So I jumped like from midway season to end of the season, I cut off like 14 seconds. Which is a lot. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. It was, and I did not make US team. I had to run 416 for that. I ran 419, but I was a lot better. And I did have offers to go other places, but Mm. my coach Tyra really encouraged me to go to UF because she was like, you know what? you shouldn't go to somewhere that's not going to challenge you. Mm-hmm. She was like, "If it, I know it's going to be a challenge to go to UF and to try to walk onto their team. She didn't know how much of a challenge it would be. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she just encouraged me to take the hard road, which I'm very grateful for because I was not going to do it. You and weren't going to come to UF I, to I try gonna, to walk on I was going to go to Embry-Riddle. Oh, wow. And I'm so glad I did not because I go here for free. I love the engineering program. I think it's perfect mm-hmm. for me. And uh, just everyone I've met is great. And I do think it's so important that I've had to struggle with this because I've met great teammates and coaches along the way and I'm a better runner for it and I'm more determined whether I make UF's team or not I'm still going to keep training because I enjoy training and I don't know if I would have found that if I just jumped into a D2 program I don't know I think you would have still been challenging but it's challenging but it's like you already have the security of you're on a team yeah the security of a team yeah and you almost are doing it for a different reason I'm doing it because I want to do it and I enjoy it I don't have anyone that's making me do this or I don't have a reason to do it. I'm not doing it for teammates or coaches. Like I pay my coaches. It's not like I don't have anyone that's making me do this or making me get up every morning. I don't have a practice I have to go to. I wake up because I and do it because I want to do it. So if someone were to ask you, why do you run? If you couldn't give the answer just because I want to, what would you say? No, it's because it, it makes me a better person and gives me structure. Structure is probably the biggest one. Like when you wake up and you, you set a tone for your day by doing something that's objectively hard. It actually, your day becomes a lot easier. It's, I love it. I love, and just the social aspect is great. When you do workouts with somebody, it almost feels like you're like going to war with them. Like you do a hard workout with someone, you feel like connected to them after. Or just doing an easy run with friends. Like you talk the whole time. It's like a great time to be active and social. And I, man, I've had some of the best conversations on runs. Like from deep conversations to just like absolutely idiotic conversation. I remember you telling me that whenever you run, it almost feels as if you're in a meditation. Your mind if is If I'm clear. alone, for sure. What it's, is it? How would more, you describe uh, it? It's more that I don't have ego when I run. Like I just lose it. It's like I have ego death when I run. And it's it allows me to when you have run alone. such a clear mind when I'm thinking about things. Mm. It's completely different when I run with other people. <laughs> but when I run alone, like the other day, gosh, yesterday I had a crazy introspective run and just I just woke up and ran and I like 
just thought about how I'm not the person I want to be. And I'm, it's not even that I'm a bad person. It's just I feel like I, I could be better. And there's, I see things that I would never see if I didn't, if I wasn't in that state where I don't have an ego. I realize, oh, I'm doing this and I don't really know if that fits my values or this is how I can get better in this sense. And I just don't think it would happen any other way, maybe through journaling, but I, I don't know. I just, it, that, that ego death is just so important. And it's a thing that I think most humans struggle with, like having ego. So it's good to get into any place you can that you can lose it for a little bit. I had mentioned that there are certain things I didn't want to admit to myself yeah. at the start of my journaling journey. But as I got into it, I was like, and that's how I am with running for sure. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to put this on the page. I know how I feel towards it. I know that it's bothering me. I know it's something I need to work on, but don't want to make it real by putting it on the page. But I had to, like you said, that ego death, you just have to be honest with yourself and just reveal it. Yeah. Reveal it. And admit that you're who not, you think you are. You're not who you think you are. You have to become that person. Yes. But it's very interesting that you say that because I'm thinking at times it can be very hard for the body to be active and the mind to be active as well. And both of them to be able to have productive output in a sense. Yeah. But that's interesting that you say that. It's only because I've been running for so long. You're running if I go swim or bike, I can't do that. So when you started running, how clear was your mind when you ran alone? Oh, it's just now that it's just so easy that I don't have to think about it. Like mm -hmm. when I go do an, like a 10 mile run or something, like, and as long as I'm not doing a workout, it's so easy for me to go run 10 miles. Like, <laughs> my heart rate doesn't even get that high. Like, just like that. What's your heart rate hit? So I had a run the other day. It was like 645 pace for about 10 miles and my heart. I think my average heart rate was like 147 or 146. It's not even a hard, it's not even a hard thing for me to do. Your body's adjusted to it. Yeah. Like I had a tempo the other day. It was like 25 minutes at 535 pace. For the first 20 minutes, I wasn't even like trying. <laughs> Maybe first 15 minutes, but I don't know. It's just got, I've gotten to a point where I'm, it's so routine for me that yeah, I, can yeah, just, yeah. I can just do it. And uh, I think it, it carries over in each thing. Like the more disciplined I get with running the more that goes into everything else in my life. But it's the same with engineering. Like I notice the more I like get myself in the library when I don't want to be in the library. It feels good. It, yeah. And it makes everything else easier too. I'm like, okay, maybe waking up and running tomorrow won't be that bad either. And yeah. it's, it goes both ways for yeah. sure. But I think it's more of who you are than, or at least like how you approach life than anything. I don't know. Somebody who's listening right now. If you were to tell them how to cultivate discipline, what would you tell them to do? I would say whatever you want to do, decide when you're going to do it and do it at that time. Do it. Stop waiting around. Just do it. And even, I don't care how much you don't want to do it. Because <laughs> the more you don't want to do it and you do it, the more your discipline will grow. And that's the best way. When you don't want to do something, do it. I promise you, some of my best runs ever have been... The times I least want to run. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad I did that, even though nice. I really was dreading it. And it's the same with school. To, to a point, it's a little different with school because sometimes you legitimately need to take a break. But like when you're going to, when you, I promise you, if you say from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., like I'm going to get this done in the library, I'm going to get these assignments done, and you put your phone on, you will do it. You'll get it done if you go do it at that time. Like you have to be intentional. I think that's, that's super important for discipline, being intentional. In my last episode, I had Aiden and Daniel on they started yeah, rebel yeah. supplements and they said the exact same thing if you want to do anything 
if you want to become anyone, you have to just do the thing. Uh, pretending to that, I have a question for you. I've been thinking about this the past few days. Do you feel like when you're training, you have two sides of you? You have one side that's like strong and one side that's like weak. Like one side that wants to get this done and one side that wants to give up. I feel like everybody has that. Yeah. I, I just like, like I've noticed that. it. Sometimes I feel like crazy when I'm doing a workout, especially the longer stuff. I had a 10 mile race the last weekend and I took a little W. Yeah. I won. Good job. But uh, it was, uh, I've never done a race that long. Before it was like five, a five mile race is the longest I've done. But on the longer race, like I really got to observe my mind almost. I, ha- I realized like, I really have a part of me like on when things get hard, that's man, we don't have to do this. Makes Can excuses. And it's almost like the strong part of me is encouraging that other part of me to not <laughs> do it. I talk to myself and I try to have a positive internal voice, but it's, I feel like I'm almost talking to the weak part of me. I feel I'm like, oh, show yourself you're strong. Prove it to yourself. Prove yourself that you can do this. This is the type of stuff I say when things get hard. Mm. But it almost feels like I'm talking to this version of myself that's weak. I don't... Maybe I'm like visualizing this. It makes complete sense because how else would it it be if you're not trying to conquer your weakness? I feel that the longer my workouts are, the more I can observe this happening. And I'm actually at a lucky point in my training too where I can have the point where I'm almost observing these things yeah. like instead of just like being unconscious to it because it's so hard I have to be more intentional with my internal talk when it's something that's like really hard like a 10 mile race <laughs> that's tough for me because I'm like a mile 5k guy so like a 10 mile race was, that was a mental battle for sure. I think sometimes I notice that if I have a few good races in a row or something it's way easier to quiet down that voice. Or I did a workout Thursday, and after my 10-mile race, I was like, oh, this workout's going to be easy. And if I hadn't done that, like that's almost as I'm getting more comfortable and more confident, it's like easier to quiet that voice down. It's almost like I have more ammunition to fire at that quiet voice and be mm-hmm. like, hey, man, no, you can do this. Momentum. Momentum is what helps. Momentum, for momentum. sure. If you had many wins in a row with your races yeah. and you had built that momentum, then it just keeps on going. Stronger voice keeps on winning. Yeah. Keeps on winning, keeps on winning. But there are a lot of people who, one thing I admire about you, I'll say this first, is that I had mentioned this before the podcast as well, that you're very disciplined with your craft. You're dedicated to running and to school. So if you could give any tips to people out there who are trying to improve in any domain of life, what are the things that you've taken from your journey in running and in developing as a person that you could give to somebody so they can develop and grow as well? I would say just you have to be decisive about what you want. And I'm not great about that. I have, oh man, yeah, if you know me, I'm very like, oh, wow, this sounds really cool. I'm going to do this. And I put my eggs in a lot of different baskets. So in that sense, like I do a lot of random, oh, wow, this would be cool. Let me do this type of stuff. But when it comes down to something you really want to achieve, you have to be like decisive that you want it and you have to prioritize it. You can't, I don't know, I, I couldn't even fathom like skipping a run, which I know sounds really corny and stupid, but I couldn't way. do it. Like some, <laughs> it doesn't matter how much, if I have a test or if, how much work I have, like I'm going to, I'm going to go run. I don't care. <laughs> if I have a workout or something on my training plan, like I have to do it and I'll just, I'm going to do the schoolwork too. It just might suck, but I'm going to do them all. So I think just being decisive and knowing your priorities is probably like the biggest thing. You gotta know what you want, because if you don't, if you don't know it that you want it, you're not gonna pursue. You're gonna subconsciously give up a lot. 
or maybe just give up in small ways. You have to know you want it. What's one last message you want to share with the world? Show kindness to people that maybe you're not used to showing kindness to. Talk to the people at the dining hall. Talk to a like a worker at a gas station. Just show empathy to people that you maybe aren't showing empathy to and try to be a little more mindful about it because I think that can make the world a better place. And I think there's a lot of times where uh, we're probably just living our life on autopilot mode and we forget that some people are like humans and are also experiencing life just like you. And uh, I'm trying to be better about that. So I think the world would be a better place if everyone just remembered, like, we all want the same thing. We just want to be, like, happy, and we want to succeed, and we want to be loved. So I think maybe just remember, like, everyone's just like you. It was great having you on. It was great being on. It was lovely. (laughs) If you enjoyed listening to this episode, don't forget to share with friends and family. Okay.